Welcome to the Mariners Podcast, the Sports Ethos, your place for worldwide sports coverage. I'm your host, Tino Ganasius, and you can find me on Twitter at TinoJr20 and the podcast at Ethos Mariners. Today, we're going to cover the Mariners' loss, uh, 10-3 to the San Diego Padres yesterday, Wednesday. Uh, pitching matchup was George Kirby against Michael Walker. Uh Mariners have an off day today and uh, probably much needed, uh, even though the Mariners looked uh, to be back on track after the first game of this series. Uh, this game yesterday was quite the letdown. Uh, Mariners will take on the Los Angeles Angels uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I think this is a big series for the Mariners. The Angels are 33-30. and 30. Uh, the Mariners one game under 500 at 30 and 31, but some positive momentum can be created if the Mariners can take two of three or sweep this series coming up. Uh, on the pod today, we'll cover uh, Kirby's start because I think there are some big things to talk about uh, with George Kirby. And uh, I promised a couple of other uh, trade candidates, which may uh, force the Mariners to include multiple uh, pro- top five prospects for them but I couldn't find a whole lot of, of fits. So we're going to revisit some of the ones from, from yesterday. I was a little bit let down with that exercise. So let's get started. Um, the Mariners lost 10-3. It was an afternoon game. Uh, George Car- George Kirby had an uncharacteristically uh, poor start. The Mariners had one player with two hits. That was uh, Jared Kelnick. He went two for four. Dylan Moore, who came in for... Eugenio Suarez was the only other Mariner to get on base more than once. He walked twice. And then Ty France and Jared Kelnick had doubles, and they were the only extra base hits that the Mariners could muster. George Kirby's velocity and spin were both up. His fastball averaged 96.9 miles an hour, which was 1.3 miles an hour uh, faster than his average this season. His sinker was 96.6, which was up 1.4 miles an hour over his average for 2023. And his spin was up 31 and 44 RPMs, respectively, on the two pitches. He generated 11 whiffs on 50 swings, which is good for 22%, slightly below league average. And 50, uh, the Padres took 50 swings on 86 pitches. So if George Kirby's stuff was better, he was throwing harder. He had more spin. What the heck's going on with George Kirby? Why did he uh, have such a poor start? His final numbers yesterday were three and two-thirds innings, 11 hits, five runs, zero walks, three strikeouts, and one long home run to uh, Gary Sanchez. Puts him at five and five for the season with the 3.50 ERA. We've talked about George Kirby's elite control and command. We talked about how good his stuff is. He averaged 97 miles an hour on the fastball yesterday. He maxed out at 98.2. He's got everything there, right? Fastball, slider, sinker, curveball, even a splitter that he's been toying around with that he threw three times in this game. And yet the only whiffs that he got were on his fastball, 11 whiffs on 33 fastballs. No whiffs on the slider, sinker, curveball, or splitter. What's going on, George Kirby? Well, I'll tell you what's going on with George Kirby. It's too comfortable of an at-bat. Way too comfortable of an at-bat. He throws, if there's such a thing as throwing too many strikes, that's what George Kirby is doing. So what I did was picked apart his start 
and I wanted to look at location. I wanted to look at how many balls he threw, and I wanted to look at how often he came inside. I was stunned by what I found, and I really do think this is the root of George Kirby's um, poor start, and I think it's the the absolutely the root of what needs to change in George Kirby's approach in order to elevate him to um, that ace or number one status in the pitching staff. Um, I do think he's a potential Cy Young candidate. I think all the skills are there for him to be an AL Cy Young candidate, but his approach has to change. Um, So what did I find? He threw 86 pitches, 63 of which were strikes and 23 of which were balls. Of the 23 balls he threw, only four of them were balls inside off the plate. So, Two of them were balls to Soto in the bottom of the third, but they were both curveballs and they were both at his feet and they were non-threatening, right? It's a very easy pitch to get out of out of the way of. One was a sinker to Ha Sung Kim in the bottom of the third that was up and in, but barely. Uh, it was a borderline ball. So again, not really a threatening pitch to Kim as far as um, getting hit. And then in the bottom of the fourth, he threw a sinker to Juan Soto that was... Um, slightly in and bell high. So what is what does that mean? Four of his 86 pitches were inside off the plate, right? So a right-hander against Kirby can feel comfortable leaning out um and attempting to lean out and reach for outside fastballs, um anything moving away, a slider, a curveball. It's a very comfortable at bat because you're not worried about getting hit by a fastball right? You're not worried about him throwing inside at all. So without that threat, you can get comfortable in the box. You can start looking for your pitches. You're not worried about, I hate to say it, but you're not worried about your safety. You think about guys like Bob Gibson, right? Snarly, nasty, mean. If you pimped a home run, Bob Gibson was was coming inside. He was hitting you. Didn't care, right? Get off of, that's my plate. Get off of the plate. He's absolutely, um, not a threat to the hitter, but he's going to throw up and in, right? The only way, not the only way, the most effective way for a right-handed starter to get string and misses on his slider is the threat of something hard up and in, right? It's a fastball, it's a two-seamer or a sinker up and in to a right-hander. It's going to get them off the plate. George Kirby is not doing any of that. There's no way so O2 from George Kirby, if I'm George Kirby and it's O2 to Ha Sung Kim, say, as, as an example, or a Manny Machado, I'm throwing a fastball up and in at their shoulder. And I'm not trying to hit them as much as I'm trying to back them off the plate so that when I do throw that slider, right, or a splitter if he if he has one, it's low and away. And they're not comfortable leaning out to reach that slider, even if it's a strike, because they are still thinking about the fastball that I threw up and in to back them off the plate. George Kirby's not backing anybody off the plate. I, you know, I played a little bit of baseball, not a ton, but I can remember that I could hit velocity if I, if I wasn't worried about that pitcher hitting me. And, but if I was worried about that pitcher hitting me, that was a tough at bat. I think it's why you see some, it's hard to hang in there against like a Matt Brash because you don't know where the hell the ball's going. So when I 
saw that George Kirby threw four pitches that were inside off the plate against the Padres. That to me says that the Padres could sit in the box, be comfortable, shoot, they could have a margarita and pull up a pull up a, a lawn chair and hang out because they weren't getting hit. And that's BS. That's that's not the Mariners, yes, fill up the zone, don't walk people, control the zone, whatever the mantra is. Absolutely. I think that's the right approach. But you have to waste some pitches getting hitters off the plate. It's not a wonder why George Kirby gets tons of um, called strike threes against left-handers with his sinker. It's because that sinker is coming at the hitter's belt or coming at the hitter's knees, and it tails back for a strike. It's because the, the left-handed hitter is not as comfortable with because that pitch veers or it looks like it's coming towards them and veers into the strike zone. He needs to do so much more of that. And he has such great control that George Kirby wasting a few pitches coming up and in or coming inside to both lefty, lefties and righties would be it, such a good thing. It drives me crazy that he threw four pitches in and, in and off the plate in this entire start out of 86. The other thing is he threw 26, 23 balls out of 86 pitches. It's if you know a strike is coming, it's much easier to hit. And I, I get that that's a part of his game, but I think that's something that needs to be um, addressed. He needs to throw more pitches off the plate. He needs to be more threatening to the hitter. And they were absolutely teeing off against him. It. I watched the game live. I could see it happening in real time. The numbers more than support that idea. And I, I bet you if you were to ask opposing hitters about facing George Kirby, they would say, yeah, his stuff is nasty. Yeah, he throws 98. Yeah, the sinker, trying to differentiate between the sinker and the fa- and the four-seamer is not easy. Um, but I know he's going to throw me a strike, so it's just a matter of hitting the ball because I'm not threatened in the box. Um, he hit the first pitch he threw to in the game was a 96-mile-an-hour sinker that was middle-middle to Fernando Tatis. And it, he was lucky that uh, it was hit as a fly. It was hit to left field uh, for an out, but it was a horrible location, right? Um, three pitches that Juan Soto saw in the bottom of the first were slider, fastball, curveball, but they were all strikes and he singled. It's And then the two pitches that Manny Machado saw were both belt high fastballs that were strikes and he was lucky that Machado grounded out into a double play, but he threw all, all strikes, right? Yes. Did he get out of the inning? Yes. He threw six pitches, got out of the inning. Obviously the results were great. But those are comfortable at bats, and I think they were they kind of foretold the future um, against Gary Sanchez, who hit a double on uh, the ninth pitch in the bottom of the second. Six of those nine pitches were strikes, and nothing was inside. Comfortable at bat for Sanchez um, against Hassan Kim. He had a six pitch K, but it was three balls and three strikes. But none of those were um, were were inside. In the bottom of the third, Trent Grisham, um, seven pitch at bat. He flew out to right field. Five were in the zone. Two were high. It was a better location because he nothing was middle-middle. And I think that's the thing that George Kirby is trying to do is he's trying to adopt the frame of the strike zone. And you've seen him do that at times. And that's when he's successful. But that's still a comfortable at bat, right? It's still – you still know strikes are coming. Um, 
And then on Gary Sanchez's three-run home run um, in the bottom of the third, he saw two pitches. The first one was a slider that was middle-middle that he took for a called strike. And the second one was a fastball that was up and in the outer half, and it was 98 miles an hour and 107 107 miles an hour off the bat. But here's what I'm going to say about that. You start Sanchez with the slider. Even if it's a strike, you start him with the slider, and he's – you see a slider coming righty on righty and you're already looking outside, right? You're thinking, okay, that pitch is moving outside in your head. That's what you just processed. So to go from slider to fastball up and outside, but a strike, he's already lunging, right? That's my point about needing to come up and in. If that pitch was up and in, I guarantee you he's not hitting it out because he's he's already thinking that he can lunge or that he's comfortable enough to get out. And that's why he hit 98. That was up, up and outside out for a home run because he was comfortable lunging. It, it, I'm sorry to go off. It's just, it makes me, it makes me crazy that he, um, that George Kirby is such a comfortable at bat for the opposing team. Um, same thing happened. Bottom of the fourth, um, three pitch ground out. Alfonso Rivas, he only threw one ball. Six-pitch uh, fly out to center field from Trent Grisham. 820 XBA, 107 miles an hour off the bat. Um, four strikes and two balls. Both balls were outside. Tatis singled on, on the second pitch of his at-bat. Sinker slider, both were middle, low strikes. Um, Juan Soto, five-pitch single. Two were balls. Both were sinkers. One was high. And then Machado, three-pitch single. Um, two strikes, one ball. Right. So then Matt Brash comes in again, 86 pitches, 63 strikes, 23 balls of the 23 balls. Only four of them were inside and none of them were hard. They were all curved balls. And um, the two sinkers, I guess, were hard, but they weren't. uh, They were barely balls. That's why they lost. Mariners lost because George Kirby gave up five runs in three and two thirds innings and they, the offense wasn't going to come back from a five zero lead um, or five zero deficit, excuse me. So hitting wise, again, Jerry Kelnick was the only, only batter with two hits. Uh, Taylor Hernandez 0 for three, Cal Raleigh 0 for four, Julio, Julio Rodriguez one for four with an RBI. Um, offense did not look good. They were very much off balance against Michael Waka. Uh, they got back to, you know, there. I think the Mariners were trying to go deep into counts, and there were times where they did, but um, but Waka was able to get through six innings with only 82 pitches. Padres pulled him at 82 pitches. Uh, he ended six innings, two hits, no no runs, one walk, seven strikeouts. Uh, three relievers combined on um, one inning each uh, to end the game. Uh, no real at bats uh, by the Mariners of note for me. Uh, in this game, I just think the offense is they need to continue to take pitches, continue to get deep into counts, continue to get into the other team's bullpen. Um, you can see the book on again, the book on Jared Kelnick. I sound like a broken record, but the book on Kelnick is to not throw him anything hard. Hit a four pitch strikeout top of the second first uh, curveball, curveball, fastball that was way up and away out of the zone and then a change up for a called strike three. Um, seems like the recipe against him. Uh, let's see here. Any other Mariners at bats of note? Not really for me. Uh, so again, 10-3 was the final. Um, 
not uh, the most enjoyable game to watch uh, for a fan or an observer. Um, it was a game that, you know, it was a day game, so I got to watch it live, which I really enjoy typically. Uh, so the game was not, not did not uh, uh, meet expectations, let's say. Uh, the pitching matchup on Friday for the Mariners is uh, Luis Castillo against Shohei Otani. Um, that to me is the premier pitching matchup in the major leagues uh, on Friday night. Should be super fun. Uh, Castillo is four and three with a two point five five ERA. Otani five and two with a three point three zero ERA. It is the Apple TV Plus game, six thirty eight start uh, in Anaheim. Saturday night is seven seven oh seven game. It's Brian Wu's second start against Patrick Sandoval. And then Sunday at 107, it's uh, Bryce Miller against um, Griffin Canning. Again, that should be a lot of fun. So free agents, let's move to that just for a quick second. Uh, I tried to look through free agents, just or it's not free agents, excuse me, trade candidates. I said that last last pod too. I got back to the same names as when I was sorting and looking at realistic names for the Mariners to trade for. I got back to the same Jorge Soler, um, Jake Berger, Michael Conforto, Jesus Sanchez, Lamont Way Jr., Jake Sawinski, the outfielder for the Pirates, Connor Joe, Jock Peterson, same names. Um, Joy Manessas, uh, Ian Happ, Jonathan India. I think that is very much the tier of player that the Mariners, that would be available to the Mariners and that the Mariners need. Uh, in a perfect world, you'd get two of them. I think a second baseman and a DH would be great. Like, like I've said before, I, I love the idea of a, say, a Jake Berger and a Jorge Soler or a Michael Conforter, Conforto and um, an Ian Happ. I know those aren't the sexiest names in the world. Um, they are productive bats. They are professional bats. They are major league, um, legitimate late major league um, hitters that you could justify putting in the DH spot or playing in a corner outfield spot and knowing that they will produce. Um, I think Berger also gives would give the Mariners some insurance in case the bottom falls out with a Eugenio Suarez, um, which we saw happen to him in Cincinnati a couple of years ago. So again, same names. I didn't find any names that made a whole lot of sense for the Mariners to trade for. I was hoping to find um, a more, even more talented bat than those that the Mariners could put together, say three legitimate prospects for, if you're talking about like a Brian Wu, Jonathan Classe, uh, like Cole Young package, I think that would get you um, a, a very, very good bat. But I don't know that that bat is uh, either available or makes a lot of sense uh, for the Mariners at this time. So I didn't find anything really new. Um, that group of or that bucket of players are still the ones that I think the Mariners should go after. There truly are no prospects to me in the Mariners system currently that I wouldn't give up to acquire one. I'd even consider a um, one of the back-end starters, the Marco Gonzalez type, uh, in a trade if that's what the other team would want. So 
again, uh, no exciting news on the trade front, no exciting ideas on the trade front necessarily, other than the ones that were put forth a couple of days ago. George Kirby, go change your pitch mix um, and your uh, location, maybe not mix as much as just think about where you're locating and using some um, using some pitches to make some statements and to mark your territory, I guess, um, at the plate. Because as of right now, you're an incredibly uh, un- incredibly comfortable at bat, and I think it's showing in how uh, hitters are teeing off. I do expect to see the Mariners push George Kirby to throw inside a bit more. Um, obviously, it's something that, you know, it was done a lot more in previous years in the major leagues, and it's frowned upon a bit now, but I think it's necessary for Kirby to do it um, if his pitches are going to be uh, as effective as they should be. Again, next start with Kirby, watch for when he's in uh, purpose pitches, right? Watch when he's in an 0-2 or a 1-2 count. Is he coming inside? Is he purposefully throwing pitches off the plate to try to um, to try to get hitters to think differently? Something I think he needs to do. So thanks, you guys. That was my George Kirby rant. Uh, Mariners will take the field, as I said, uh, tomorrow night in Anaheim. Should be a lot of fun. Luis Castillo against Shohei Otani. Uh, tomorrow's pod, I will preview the series and preview that pitching matchup. Uh, thanks for listening. Much appreciated. Again, my name is Tino Ganasius. Uh, This is the Mariners cast from Sports Ethos. You can find me on Twitter at TinoJr20 and the podcast at Ethos Mariners, E-T-H-O-S-M-A-R-I-N-E-R-S. Thanks, y'all. Take care. Peace.